Welcome, America. Fasten your seatbelts. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. The Supreme Court goes full on traitors. Uh, I know it's not in the show notes, but we just put the story together. We'll have it for you. Also coming up, fudging the numbers. Easy to make your crime statistics say exactly what you want them to say. Uh, Terrorist sleeper cells creeping across our very open liquid border. Thank you, SCOTUS, for helping out with that. And they're now coming after your coffee. Oh, there is a line they will not cross. Not for this guy. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Tuesday. Tuesday morning, just getting started on your day. Want to welcome in two of our brand new followers, Tinker2643 and Amreb. Amreb, very active in the chat last night. Thanks. Great to have you guys. Thank you very much for the follows and the likes. Easy to do. Sign up for a free Rumble account. Then you can hit that follow button, the like button, the thumbs up. And uh, Amreb, I did get your message. I will be in touch. I would love to come on your show. I think that would be a lot of fun. So I did check out your show, by the way. I like it. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get together and have a chit chat. See what we can set up. Come uh, come somewhere down the road. Cool. Thanks, Amreb. Appreciate it. All right. So we got all that and more coming up tonight. Right now, it is beyond belief what these morons will do. This is the actual court order from the Supreme Court of the United States. Part of it. Department of Homeland Security et al. versus Texas. The application to vacate injunction presented to Justice Alito and by him refer to the court is granted. Supreme Court just ruled 5-4 that this oatmeal brain, idiotic, moronic Biden terror administration can remove the physical barriers that Texas has put back up in order to stop the invasion of our southern border into their fine, fair state of Texas. Barrett and Roberts both voted with the liberals. What? Roberts, not a surprise, because Roberts claims to be a conservative, and he's not. But Barrett, that kind of surprises me. Anyway, they said, yeah, no problem. Let them in. Take down the razor wire. Unfreaking believable. Folks, this is going to go bad. This is going to go, for pardon the pun, south really quickly. You got a bunch of people from the Texas National Guard, the Texas Rangers, likely, law enforcement, local, state that want to secure the border of their state. And you've got these idiots from the federal government, also armed to the teeth, who are coming in and saying, open it up. 
unbelievable. This popped, it's from the Wall Street Apes, great account on X. And this is an interview, and they don't do interviews. I don't know whether this guy just went rogue or whatever, but this is eye-opening. It's stuff you likely know or you've heard before, but you're going to keep on hearing it until something finally sinks in because, I, look, I know my audience. You guys get it. But there's a bunch of libs out there who either don't get it or don't want to get it. They're just going to keep drinking the Kool-Aid. Take a listen. The patrol agent agreed to speak with us, but didn't want to go on camera. Normally, agents are not allowed to be interviewed, and all press requests are typically deferred to a public information officer who rarely ever responds. But in this instance, the agent seemed exhausted and eager to tell me what was going on. No, there's very few of them evading. How come? Well, because they allowed them in. They don't evade because they'll let them come in, they'll they load them in the vans, they take them up to Phoenix, give them a $3,000 gift card and a cell phone and send them wherever they want to go. You get a court date, you have two years to show up in court. That's the reason I give them a phone, because they're saying if, you, if they don't give me a phone, I don't know when I'm supposed to go to court. So they give them a phone. At first, I was confused what the Border Patrol agent meant when he kept referring to they. To the naked eye, it appears that Border Patrol is the one handling and processing the migrants, but they're only the first step in a chain of bureaucratic authority that goes up to the Department of Homeland Security, then finally up to the Department of Justice's Executive Office for Immigration Review, which is more or less controlled by the Biden administration, who've taken a much more open arms approach to immigration after pulling back Title 42 just about a year ago. All traitors, from Mayorkas to Biden to every one of those slime balls on down, who just open our borders up, let them pour in, and who the hell knows who's coming across. You want to see something frightening? I show you something frightening. This is another one. It's further down in our show notes tonight, but now is the perfect time to be sharing this. Um, here you go. Terrorist sleeper cells look we've all known it we've all thought about it we've all had the thoughts go through our heads that among these people and very very few are families women and children they are from all the video footage i've seen and i've watched hundreds of hours of this crap military age men by themselves. This reporter was out on the border and he asked this illegal where he was from. And the illegal terrorist says, you're not smart. You will find out who I am very soon. I'm not kidding. It's on tape. Listen closely. I'll play it twice. It's a very short clip, but listen to this. Listen to the guy's accent. Take a look at this guy. By the way, if you are smart enough, you will know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. Very easy. Wow. Very easy. <laughs> the, the entitlement. The entitlement. Uh, no, believe me. I'm much better than that. The entitlement, guys. Wow. You hear that? 
You are not very smart. Soon you will know who I am. Yes, by the way, if you are smart enough, you will know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're gonna know who I am. Very wow. wow is right. This is the attitude of these people who have just entered this country illegally. And you tell me this guy is yay rah rah, America can, yeah. No. This man is here to do and or organize harm to you and me. So while we're having our little pissy fit cat fight between the state of Texas and the feds, these people continue to pour into this country. So if it all doesn't go south from the fights between the feds and the state, it sure the hell is going to go south when these people, these sleeper cells, start waking up. And it is going to happen. It is absolutely going to happen. Something has to be something has to be done. And I'm afraid, I'm very afraid, that it's going to go sour really fast. It's already headed that way. And it looks like it's just going to get worse before it gets any better. And I want to tell you about a wonderful sponsor of ours, and that's the folks at Blackout Coffee. We got lots more coming up. Don't go away. Blackout Coffee, folks, it is a coffee company that is all about two things America, our values, our conservative values, and making great coffee. Blackout Coffee works with local farmers, American farmers, local co-ops to source the best beans available. They're very meticulous about how they pick their beans. And then they have a small batch roasting process. That means when you order, only once you place your order, within 48 hours they roast your beans and then ship them out to you. It takes about three days to get there. So within a week or less, you have delivered right to your door the freshest roasted coffee beans you will find. It makes all the difference in the world. Robust, full flavor, never bitter. Very reasonably priced, I might add. Brutal Awakening, Morning Reaper. They've got an espresso blend. You see that 2A right there? That stands for Second Amendment. Hmm, not some ream of paper. 2A because this company is all about America. Uh, they've got all kinds of great signature blends, partner roasts, no compromise, flavored coffees, if you're into that, cinnamon French toast, chocolate cherry, mm. a brand of great premium teas and hot cocoa mixes. If you use coffee pods, they can take care of that too for you. But look, here's the deal. And you head over to Blackout Coffee, use that link down there in our show notes, and you just buy a bag, one single bag. I would highly recommend Brutal Awakening. It's one of my favorites. I drink it all the time. But there's a bunch of different roasts there, and there's a description about it. All five-star reviews all the way across. Order a bag, single bag. 
Now, when you check out, you use the promo code J20, J-A-Y-20 at checkout. That will get you a 20% discount off your first order, which is a hell of a deal. You try a bag. It'll be to your house within about a week. Give it a try, and you tell me that isn't the best coffee you've ever tried. It is amazing. Blackout Coffee, an American company, which is a great reason to help support them, that makes a great coffee. Blackout Coffee, be awake, not woke. Links in our show notes. And don't forget that promo code J20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. You're helping to support this company, and you're helping to support this show, which we really do appreciate. Thank you for that. All right. Crime statistics made the news today in what could possibly be the dumbest possible way ever. From Fox News, I know it's one of them mainstream media geeky outlets, but New York City, (laughs) what a nightmare. Honest to God, if you live in New York, why? Why would you live in New York? It is not the romance, New York, New York, that it used to be. Frank Sinatra is rolling over in his grave to see what's happened to his New York, New York. New York crime is down with more police on the beat, proving a failure of earlier defund the police tax. Now, the mayor, this idiot, Eric Adams, who never met a camera he didn't like, do not get in the way of Eric Adams and a television camera, I'm warning you. He used to be an NYPD police captain. He's crediting the city police for the decline in violent crimes. They experienced a, now this is a setup, so listen to what I'm saying. They experienced a banner year in the fight against rising violent crimes. The New York City murder numbers dropped 12%. Shootings fell 25%. This is according to numbers that were released by the New York City Police Department. In all five boroughs, experienced a decline in shootings. Would you like to know why? Because they're not prosecuting them. Yeah, it has zero, nothing, goose egg, nothing to do with the numbers being less. It has everything to do with the fact that they're not pursuing charges against these criminals. So, somebody gets shot, somebody doesn't get charged, and that shooting doesn't show up in the crime statistics. Un. Believable. Banner headlines so proud of the fact that we dropped the crime rate. Yay, crime's going down. Shootings are 12% and a bullshit. You're not prosecuting the crimes, you moron. 
That's why your crime rates went down. Your crime has not gone down. Get out of New York if you possibly can by any means. Preferably head to a red state. The redder the better. This is an absolute, complete line of crap. It is absolutely not true. It is bungled, fudged stats. The stats went down because the prosecutions don't exist. That's why. But it sure looks good in the headlines, doesn't it? Unbelievable what these people will try and get away with. Hey, we just told you about blackout coffee. <laughs> I saw this headline, I thought, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. From Wide Awake Media over on X. Now, they're coming after your coffee. You think I'm kidding? I'm absolutely not. Ah, I can taste the climate change. Ah. Swiss banker and World Economic Forum agenda contributor, Hubert Keller. You, you better sit down. I, I, seriously. Because this is a head shaker moment that is going to loosen your brains. The coffee we drink emits between 15 and 20 tons of CO2 per ton of coffee. You see, they still don't get it. The awake people, you and me, understand A, climate change is a complete bullshit hoax. CO2 is good for the environment. It's what plants live on. And there is no increase of any significance in CO2 levels. You are lying to everyone. And the crazy people are buying it. They are buying your lies. And now... Come after your car, come after your appliances, come after your air conditioning, come after every single part of your life that makes anything of comfort or your life easier. And now they want to come after this. Every time we drink coffee, this idiot says, we are basically putting CO2 into the atmosphere. I'm not kidding. Listen to the words this moron himself spews out of his cake hole. We're having our coffee before the session and, and you raised the coffee example. I'd love just to give you the chance to expand on that. Basically, the coffee that we all drink um, emits between 15 and 20 ton of CO2 per ton of coffee. So we should all know that this is every time we drink coffee, we are basically putting CO2 into the atmosphere. Um, the other, and one of the reasons is because most of the coffee plantation, or most of the coffee is produced through monoculture, 
and, um, and, and monoculture is also affected by climate change. Um, the quality of these nature assets is uh, deteriorating quite rapidly. Sorry, monsieur, but you are full of merde. If you speak any French at all, you know what that means. So here you go. Have a little CO2. Let's sprinkle some around. Have another cup. Enjoy yourself. Drink all the coffee. In fact, go to Blackout Coffee, buy a couple of bags of coffee, and drink twice as much coffee as you normally drink. You do not touch my coffee. There are a few lines that I've drawn. That's a new one, but it's a line now. Keep your freaking hands off my coffee. It's right there. He said it. Unbelievable. All right, from Breitbart. This story confuses the hell out of me. And I tried to figure this out. It's still confusing me. I called it blatant election interference <clears throat> because on the surface, it appears to be. As you know, today is the primary in New Hampshire. Please go vote. Please vote. Won't tell you who to vote for. I will tell you that I am a 1,000% dyed-in-the-wool Trump supporter and will always be. But a judge, according to Breitbart, postponed Trump's defamation trial from yesterday to today. Yep. Primary day in New Hampshire. Lewis Kaplan, presiding over the E. Jean Carroll defamation trial against Trump, postponed the trial Monday, citing a juror's coronavirus illness. Please. Until today, the day of the New Hampshire primary, like Lewis Kaplan didn't know that. Blatant election interference. House Conference Chair Trump ally Elise Stefanik posted, Joe Biden and his Democrat cronies are the true threats to democracy. Judge Kaplan told the courtroom he would postpone the trial for at least one day after a juror reported feeling ill. What, did she have a sniffle? Oh, COVID! Postpone the trial! Put it off to primary day! Kaplan said, we will take the day off. Now, Trump was expected to testify on Monday, and now he could potentially have to appear in court today instead of being in New Hampshire where the primary is going on. It's a plot, not a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy. I should put that on another t-shirt. I like that. Not a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy. Alina Haba, Trump's lawyer, asked the judge to postpone the trial till Wednesday, because obviously the primary in New Hampshire. I would need this testimony to be Wednesday, 
Abba said. Kaplan, Carol's lawyer, told the judge the trial should continue Tuesday without further delay. I'd like to get this over with, she said. The judge told the prosecution that he would consider Habba's request. I have not been able to follow up with this and see whether or not they're going to continue the trial today, but Trump doesn't need to be there to testify. He can do that on Wednesday. I don't know. But trust them. They are evil. They are doing everything they can to get in this man's way. And if there's some way they can interfere with this election, they'll do it. I promise they will absolutely do it. There's another link, by the way, to uh, The Guardian. And a story here is uh, Donald J. Trump and E. Jean Carroll's defamation trial face-off derailed by a COVID scare. If you want to read more about it, there is an article I found for you which is pretty comprehensive. But uh, it's basically the same information, just rehashed, put together in a little better order for you. They're doing everything they can. Everything they can. You know, New Hampshire is not the only primary going on. Nope. My home state of Connecticut. No, 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 not the Connecticut primary, but that other primary in New England is a do-over. You remember this story? Of course you remember this story. A massive voter fraud scandal. That do-over primary is happening today. If you're in Connecticut, vote. Between Democrats, Bridgeport, largest city in Connecticut, garnered national attention about a year ago after a judge tossed out the results of a September mayoral primary because a Democrat operative was caught on video apparently dumping a load of ballots into a drop box. You know, from the 2020 election, I thought being caught on video dropping a load of ballots into drop boxes wasn't that big a deal. Mm, 2,000 Mules, remember that film? Right, Dinesh? No big deal, yeah. I have no confidence in the election do-over in Bridgeport. Will be more legitimate than the last time. Of course not. Bridgeport is one of the most corrupt cities likely in the U.S. I was going to say Connecticut, but it's right up there. Chicago, Bridgeport. No one hears about Bridgeport. That's the way they like it. Keep it low and slow. Same people are ultimately in charge. Nothing has really changed. They got caught. They got their hands slapped, and they're going to do it again. Did it the last time. Going to do it again. From the Daily Signal, links in our show notes if you want to read more or share it out on your uh, social media accounts. It is there. Check it out. Oh, the Daily Signal. Love this article. 
We talked a lot about the Constitution and the U.S. Supreme Court and a bunch of traitors on the Supreme Court. Well, turns out the Ninth Circuit is wrong. There is no protection for homelessness in the Constitution. Nope. The Ninth Circuit Court got it wrong. No homelessness protection clause in the Constitution. This is a great article. Gotta read this. Once upon a time, constitutional interpretation actually involved interpreting the text of the Constitution. Imagine that. It's not a blank slate. The words written in our Constitution have actual meanings. Some people just don't get that. Federal Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals recognizes the Constitution contains words. The judges on that court seem to think they can put any meaning to the words they feel like, no matter how stupid it might be. One of their latest provocations found in a series of cases, three of them, Martin versus City of Boise, Johnson versus City of Grants Pass, and Coalition on Homelessness versus San Francisco. The lead case held the government may not punish a homeless individual for sleeping on public property if there is no bed in any secular facility for him or her to use free of charge. Now, that ruling might surprise some people. Most people, because the government holds public property for the benefit of the public and has the same right to decide who can sleep there or camp there on public property. And private parties, of course, have to protect their own private property. There is neither a homeless protection clause in the Constitution, nor is there a right to sleep on public property clause. Now, to be fair, the Ninth Circuit pointed to a passage in the Constitution, the Eighth Amendment's Cruel and Unusual Punishment Clause, that the court thought justified their ruling. This prohibits in the infliction of any cruel, unusual punishments. Not being able to sleep in the park? Huh? Cruel and unusual? Anyway, it says nothing about whether the government can criminalize certain conduct. The Ninth Circuit got it wrong. They thought the Supreme Court's decision in Robinson versus California, Powell versus Texas, held that an act must be voluntary for a state to make it a crime, and sleeping, sleeping, they say, is involuntary. 
It just goes on. It just gets worse. It's a freaking joke. And now they've said, nope, sorry, folks. Sorry, Ninth Circuit. You don't get to put whatever meaning you want to the words in the Constitution. They are what they are, and you can't change it, and you can't redefine it. It doesn't work that way. The frustration level? Yeah. It is way over the top today. Way over the top. All right. <laughs> it's just, honest to God, you know, I put this show together and I think, what are we, what, what, we, what way are we going to piss people off today? What is going to make people shake their heads? I think I've found a solution to our border problem. No, really. Doesn't involve razor wire, doesn't involve guns, doesn't involve flotation devices designed to prevent people from crossing the river. Very easy, all natural. Likely the World Economic Forum would even agree because it's climate friendly. What do you think? There you go. This very likely could be the answer to all of our border problems. If you're listening on the podcast, there is a riverbank, I assume, which is covered in crocodiles. Yeah. There are hundreds upon hundreds of crocodiles. So we start a breeding program. You know, will crocodile look on the other side? The other side of the river is the same. Not as many, but they're there. I, I I'm all for it. We start a breeding program, we get them going, we shove them down in the area, and there you go. Border problem solved, eco-friendly. I say go for it. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Oh, man. Okay, it is time for our book. We are reading Treasure Island. We've read books on this show almost from the very beginning, way back three, almost four years ago now. And uh, we've done all the classic children's literature, Wizard of Oz, White Fang, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Winnie the Pooh. And uh, right now we're doing Treasure Island. We're almost getting to the end, just a couple more chapters to go and we will be done. Robert Louis Stevenson, by the way, in our show notes, you will also find a link to a doco on Robert Louis Stevenson, the author of Treasure Island. And uh, it's brilliant. The doco talks a little about how Treasure Island may very well have been a bit of an autobiography. 
Check it out. It's an interesting documentary about the author. All right, here we go, and we are moving ahead with Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island. By this time, the whole anchorage had fallen into shadow. The last rays, I remember, falling through a glade of the wood, shining bright as jewels on the flowery mantle of the wreck. It began to be chill. The tide was rapidly fleeting seaward, the schooner settling more and more on her beam ends. I scrambled forward and looked over. It seemed shallow enough, and holding the cut hawser in both hands for a last security, I let myself drop softly overboard. The water scarcely reached my waist. The sand was firm, covered with ripple marks, and I waded ashore in great spirits, leaving the Hispaniola on her side, with her mainsail trailing wide upon the surface of the bay. About the same time, the sun went fairly down. The breeze whistled low in the dusk among the tossing pines. At last, and at least, I was off the sea, nor had I returned thence empty-handed, there lay the schooner, clear at last from buccaneers and ready for our own men to board and get to sea again. I had nothing nearer my fancy than to get home to the stockade and boast of my achievements. Possibly I might be blamed a bit for my truancy, but the recapture of the Hispaniola was a clinching answer, and I hoped that even Captain Smollett would confess I had not lost my time. So, thinking and in famous spirits, I began to set my face homeward for the blockhouse and my companions. I remembered that the most easterly of the rivers which drain into Captain Kidd's anchorage ran from the two-peaked hill on my left, and I bent my course in that direction that I might pass the stream while it was small. The wood was pretty open, Keeping low among the lowered spurs, I'd turned, soon turned the corner of the hill. Not long after, waded to the mid-calf across the watercourse. Now this brought me near to where I had encountered Ben Gunn, the maroon, and I walked more circumspectly, keeping an eye on every side. The dusk had come nigh hand completely, and as I opened out the cleft between the two peaks, I became aware of a wavering glow against the sky, where, as I judged, the man of the island was cooking his supper before a roaring fire. And yet I wondered in my heart that he should show himself so careless, for I could see this radiance might it not reach the eye of Silver himself, if were he camped upon the shore among the marshes? But gradually the night fell blacker. It was all I could do to guide myself even roughly towards my destination. The double hill behind me and the spyglass on my right hand loomed faint and fainter. The stars were few and pale. And in the low ground where I wandered, I kept tripping among bushes, 
rolling into sandy pits. Suddenly, a kind of brightness fell upon me. I looked up. A pale glimmer of moonbeams had lighted on the summit of the spyglass. Soon after, I saw something broad and silvery moving down behind the trees and knew the moon had risen. Oh, with this to help me, I passed rapidly over what remained of me to my journey, and sometimes walking, sometimes running, impatiently drew near to the stockade. Yet, as I began to thread the groove that lies before it, I was not so thoughtless but that I slacked my pace and went a trifle weary. It wouldn't have been a poor end of my adventures to get shot down by my own party by mistake. The moon was climbing higher and higher, and its light began to fall here and there in masses through the more open districts of the woods. Right in front of me, a glow of a different color appeared among the trees. It was red and hot, and now and again it was a little darkened, as if it were the embers of a bonfire smoldering. For the life of me, I could not think of what it might be. As I came right down upon the borders of the clearing, the western end was already steeped in moonshine. The rest and the blockhouse itself still lay in a black shadow, checkered with long silvery streaks of light. On the other side of the house, an immense fire, burned itself into clear embers and shed a steady red reverberation, contrasting strongly with the mellow paleness of the moon. There was not a soul stirring, nor a sound beside the noises of the breeze. I stopped with much wonder in my heart, and perhaps a little terror also. It had not been our way to build great fires. We were indeed, by the captain's orders, somewhat niggardly of firewood. And I began to fear that something gone wrong while I was absent. I stole round by the eastern end, keeping close in shadow, and at a convenient place where the darkness was thickest, I crossed the palisade. To make assurance sure, I got upon my hands and knees and crawled, without a sound, toward the corner of the house. And as I drew nearer, my heart was suddenly and greatly lightened. It was not a pleasant noise in itself, and I have often complained of it at other times, but just then it was like music to hear my friends snoring together so loud and so peaceful in sleep. The sea cry of the watch, that beautiful all's well, never felt more reassuring on my ear. In the meantime, there was no doubt of one thing. They kept an infamous bad watch. 
If it had been Silver and his lads that were now creeping in on them, not me, not a soul would have been seen since daybreak. That was what it was, thought I, to have the captain wounded, and again I blamed myself sharply for leaving them in that danger with so few to mount guard. Now by this time I had gotten up to the door and stood up. All was dark within so that I could distinguish nothing to the eye. As for sounds, there was a steady drone of the snorers, small occasional noise, a flickering or pecking that I could in no way account for. With my arms before me, I walked steadily in. I should lie down in my own place, I thought with a silent chuckle, and enjoy their faces when they find me in the morning. My foot struck something yielding. It was a sleeper's leg, and he turned and groaned, but without wakening. And then, all of a sudden, a shrill voice broke forth out of the darkness. Pieces of eight, pieces of eight, pieces of eight, and so forth, without pause or change like the clacking of a tiny mill. Silver's green parrot, Captain Flint. It was she whom I had heard pecking at a piece of bark. It was she keeping better watch than any human being, and thus announced my arrival with her wearisome refrain. I had no time left for me to dis uh, recover. At the sharp clipping tone of the parrot, the sleepers awoke and sprang up, and with a mighty oath, the voice of Silver cried, Who goes? I turned to run, struck violently against one person, recoiled, and ran full into the arms of a second, who, for his part, closed upon and held me tight. Bring me a torch, Dick, said Silver, when my capture was thus assured. One of the men left the log house and presently returned with a lighted branch. And that's the end of that chapter. It's part six, Captain Silver, chapter 28 which is called In the Enemy's Camp. And we will have that for you coming up on tomorrow's show, Treasure Island. Wow. Oh, my. You've been caught. <laughs> hey, thanks so much, folks, for popping by. Help to support the show. The free way to do that, it's easy. Just sign up for a Rumble account. Free. Doesn't cost you anything. Then you can follow and hit the thumbs up button right down there, easy to find. And of course, if you really want to help the show out to support us, you can make a purchase at one of our fine sponsors down there in the show notes. Of course, we highly recommend Blackout Coffee, especially since now we know they're going to try and take it from us. Blackout Coffee, NordVPN, Skillshare, Brickhouse Nutrition, all great folks, great companies who want to hear from you. And, uh, we really do appreciate that. I will see you all again tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. And if you're in New Hampshire, don't forget to vote.
You just heard the Jay Sheldon Show. Join us Monday through Friday here on Rumble. Thanks for watching. Snort. <laughs>